Life Audio. Hey, thanks for listening to the Happy Rant Podcast. I want to tell you about our partner, Visual Theology. If you go to visualtheology.church, you can check out the full slate of resources that they offer. Visual Theology is one of the best biblical and theological resourcing sites on the internet. There's digital resources, there's print resources, and as you can tell by the name, they are visually inclined. So the, the idea is beautiful, well-imagined design to help us understand the Bible and theological concepts better, taking difficult passages of scripture, big theological concepts, and putting them into a visual form, whether that's in a book or on a poster or on a t-shirt, that allows us to better grasp what those mean, along with some really clear written biblical teaching. So if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're in ministry, especially youth ministry, college ministry, if you're a small group leader, or if you just want to understand the Bible and theology better, visit visualtheology.church and use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout for a 20% discount. You will be astounded at the quality of the design as well as the clarity of the teaching. It is an, an incredibly helpful collection of resources. So again, visualtheology.church and use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout for a 20% discount. I also want to let you know that we have a Patreon site. For those of you who aren't familiar, Patreon is a site that allows listeners like you to support content creators like us financially. We joke a lot about uh, being big business mavens and how much money we make on this podcast. The answer is uh, we actually don't make very much money on this podcast at all. So the financial support that many of you already give and that we would love more of you to give is really helpful for covering our production costs, for doing spinoff things like our sports show, for doing live events, all of which have a cost attached that would otherwise come out of our pockets. So if you go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Happy Rant Podcast, you can check out our site. What you'll find there is a chance to give any amount monthly, could be a dollar, could be a thousand dollars at different tiers. We will send you free signed books. And then here's the kicker. We do bonus podcast episodes exclusively for our Patreon supporters. We try to do them weekly. It probably comes out to be more like 35, 40 times a year. We've done over 50 of these since we opened our Patreon account. So you have all of that backlog. These are exclusive. We don't release these in the normal feed except occasionally exclusive for our Patreon supporters. So again, go to patreon.com slash happy rent podcast. And we would love it if you were able and willing to support us for any amount monthly. Lastly, I want to highlight our sports podcast. Ted and I do a sports podcast. It used to be part of this feed. And for some of you, it was a highlight. For others of you, you were like, skip that mess. Well, it is its own thing now. So you're welcome to those of you who don't like sports. For those of you who do, go to wherever you get podcasts and search Happy Ranch Sports. Please subscribe to it. Share it with friends. You'll be familiar with it. We're not analysts, we're not reporters, but we do some analysis. It's a lot of fan interaction. It's what we love about sports. It's how sports interact with life. We talk a lot of uh, a lot of nostalgic sports, what we used to love, how we played growing up, how we became fans, those kinds of things. We'd love it if you listened. It's a really good time. Just go search for Happy Rant Sports wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner and volunteer, free radio, Ronald J. Martin. Uh, baby, Piper made a, a pretty conspicuous 
exit this morning. Yeah, um, very abrupt. Very via abrupt text, exit, yeah. you know, the, this whole ruse about the computer crashing and having to go to the Apple store. I don't know. Do you maybe, question his commitment like, to the program? Pipe, pipe if, you, if you need a day off, just tell us you need a day off. You I know. Don't throw the histrionics of the computer breaking down and, yeah. you know. Just do the just do the you procedure. Because I don't know, we're we're not really in an era where computers are. I mean, do computers even break down anymore? <laughs> no, no, they don't. But uh, yeah, just go to HR like normal and ask for the day off. And you know, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why we have a massive HR department. HR, we call it the HRHR. HRHR, um, yeah. It, you know, they they dole out the so, sick days and the personal days, and you know, um, exactly. And we, I mean, the three of us are in this working from home environment you know, uh, vibrant, you know, work environment. And, um, but still sometimes people need yeah. a day off and, and that's fine. We don't, yeah. we don't begrudge just them. Just be honest maybe. about it. Yeah. Just be yeah. honest about it, you know, but here, here we are, you and I just workhorses, you know, just radio, radio workhorses, um, punching the clock, doing it largely punching for free anymore, but uh, radio free America, radio free America. That's right. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the happy rant radio free America. <laughs> I feel like I should interrupt this free program for the first ad break. Um, So, baby, we'll be back in two and two. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, we're back. Um, Baby, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Slash, how do you feel about Thanksgiving? Um, do Do you have big... I know you're a passionate Christmas guy, but... I, I don't feel like we've ever talked about Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, no, I love it, man. I love it because Good. it's kind of the uh, it's the kickoff to yeah. the season, yeah. and uh, Thanksgiving week is probably my favorite week of the year because it's uh, I don't know. There's just kind of a lightness to it. You're mm-hmm. kind of leading into the holiday, which I like the holiday. Yeah, and I've always loved Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then uh, the weekend is when we get the house all decked out for Christmas. So. It's just one of those real down weeks where it's just like there's a there's a festive feel in the air. Everybody nobody's working everybody a whole seems lot. to be in a good mood. Yeah. Nobody's working a whole lot. You can kind of just take everything down a notch and yeah. kind of kind of just focus on on the the good stuff that's coming up. So I there's a lot of anticipation yeah. for it for me, and I I love it. Yeah, I, I dig it. Is it uh is is it something that's uh, good for you? Yeah, it's decent. You know, um, it's yeah. it's pretty decent. But uh, yeah, we're we're heading to Nashville, spending the day with KK's brother uh, and fam. Oh, okay, gotcha. So uh, yeah, we we always do um, do the food thing really big out there. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Um, is that uh, is that tradition? Is is to go to Nash and uh, kick it with the uh, the bro in law? Yeah, it has been. It has been for the last 
gosh, since we've been here, like eight years or so. So, uh, oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, that's that's tradition for Thanksgiving, and then we do Christmas here with uh, with my folks. So, um, that's right. Yeah, okay. good good times, baby. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into these topics. Um, sorry, dude, this is terrible radio. I'm looking at my phone. It went no, it but I, but it's kind of weird. Let me just yeah. no, no. As you're thinking through, um, it's kind of weird because uh, again, our listeners should know that Pipe was the one that threw these topics our way, probably already knowing he was going to do his big like vanishing act. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, right before he probably looked him over. He went, you know what? There's not a whole lot of meat on the bone here. I'm out. Um, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let these guys flounder around with these topics. So, uh, nothing I like seeing than my, my, my co-host flounder exactly. for 30 minutes. Exactly. Two days, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Which we're, which we're completely pumped about as evidenced by our tones of voice, et cetera. Oh, um, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than this right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and knowing that it will return nothing financially. Um, that that yeah. makes it even even more joyful. God's word does not return void. This podcast often void does. Every time. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Unlike God's word, it it usually returns void. <laughs> Good grief, dude! All right, so we got a listener suggestion here about about yeah. preaching voices, and oh yeah, you know this one looks a little in- interesting. He said like understated, passionate voice. You've got the whisper guys. You've got the kind of screamo yeah. guys. Um, what, what are you seeing out there, um, as a, as a pastor yourself, but also as someone who rumor has it conferences from time to time. So, uh, you're, you're hearing a lot of these guys from the front. Um, what, what's the word on pastor voices? And then I've got a, another question for you related to this. Well, dude, I want to hear, I'm really curious about your take on it too. Um, because I think, you know, whether, whether you're somebody that's like, preaching or you're somebody that's hearing a preacher every week. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that we can go a lot of places with this. This is what's funny to me is uh, like, I'm super sensitive about pastor voice. Yeah. And this is something that hit me years and years ago, even as I was like, you know, beginning to preach week in and week out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, there, there's something weird about, it's kind of a learned thing and it's kind of a, it's, it's learned, it's cultural, it's part of the tradition uh, or the denomination of kind of like, you know, kind of preaching you came out of, but, um, I, there's something that, there's something that really, it drives me a little crazy about a person that you can have a normal, like right now we're having a normal conversation right? and they, yet they get up, they get up, they get behind the pulpit and all of a sudden they're transformed into something that is inherently (laughs) not them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I get it. I get it. Like, so when you're preaching, like you, I mean, honestly, you, you everybody is assuming any public speaker assumes a slightly different voice than when they're just dialoguing with a buddy. I mean, yeah, that's impossible that's right. not to do that Yeah, because you are, you're communicating something and it needs to be clear and it needs to have a certain tone. But I, what we're talking about, I think is somebody that becomes something that doesn't really feel much like who they are. And it's almost like they're, they're donning a cape. Yeah. Like they're putting on a, like an, like a costume. Yeah. And, um, and, and to me, it just, it lacks, um, and again, it, I have to be careful with this because I know that some guys, that's just how they've learned how to preach and yeah. it's, it's okay, but I don't know that they, I don't know that they see themselves doing it. And I mean, people could probably accuse me of the same thing where you get up there and now I'm the authority guy, right? And I got to talk with that authority and I got to, you know, preach yeah. God's word. Sure. Um, but I, but I also think that it can lack just a ton of authenticity too, especially if, 
if you if you either know the person or you can tell that the person is kind of there uh you know it's 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 like it can be like acting to me oh sure and, yeah um, yeah and I, so what I've seen, so to your, to more pointed to your question mm-hmm. is what I've seen, it seems like what I see more than anything, um, at least in our tribe, is you get the guys up there that are doing more of the real pointed authority kind uh-huh. of voice, uh-huh. where they're, they're very much like, you know, everybody needs to listen to me and I'm, you know, I'm preaching God's word and there's like a, like a seriousness yeah. and I don't know. So that, that's the one that I, it's, I seem to get more, more than anything else, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't listen to a lot of guys preach other than the guys in my church. So I I think, and I'm kind of out of the loop on even like listening to podcasts of of people preaching. Like I don't do that a whole lot anymore. I used to do that more, but um, yeah. But even then, it was just like two guys, you know. So I don't have this like wide palette of experiences in terms of hearing people preach. But I do think, to your point. Um, you know, we're all influenced by what we listen to, whether it's a podcast totally. or what, like whatever voices we're listening to a lot of, whether it's, you know, Bill Simmons or the happy rant or whoever it is, you, you kind of take some of yeah. that on, I think sub- subconsciously in terms of how you try to connect with people. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're just looking for authenticity, right? You're looking for someone to sound like I themselves, so. whatever that is. And, you know, so, so my question to you is, your your best bud, your best pal at Jared C. Wilson is ostensibly like teaching people how to preach. No, is that that's his gig, right? I think that's one of his courses. Yeah, yeah. At, uh, Midwestern. Yeah. So, what is he teaching in this area? Like, how does he tell people to do this? You know what I mean? Like, is is there a sort of uh, standard way of teaching it? Do they spend a lot of time on? what your voice sounds like or how you're coming off from the pulpit or is it more like all about the content? Yeah, I do. That's a, that's a fantastic question for sure. I I don't know that Jared covers that. I've never sat through his course, Yeah, but having making my third run through, through Sam right now, um, (laughs) third time's a charm, baby. I can third time's a charm. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. But the, uh, dude, I've never heard anyone talk about like voice, I mean, a little bit about like voice modulation. Yeah. Like in terms of just like general speaking communication techniques. Yeah. I've never heard anyone address like, hey, like be careful how you talk. Like be careful because tone matters. Yeah. Like the kind of tone you're putting on something. So like tonally, you can be a guy that gets up there and for some reason you get so jacked up. Yeah. That it just sounds like you're yelling the whole time. Yeah. Right? I've, like I've a, heard this like, like, you know, like a... Like a Matty Chan, I mean, he's he's a really good preacher, but he kind of just sounds like he's yelling the whole time. Yeah, because it's just it's more of his personality. But I don't think it lacks authenticity. I just kind of think it's who he is. Hey, I've got a he Frankie Chan thing. Is he is he still around? And Chan, oh, Frankie Chan too. Yeah, Frankie Chan's still around. Okay, is he still is he yeah. preaching? Like, what is he doing? What's his deal? Dude, I think he um... is he Catholic yet? Because I feel like no, I had, no, no, no. I had the over under on like <laughs> a decade before he goes Catholic. But no, um, no, so no, he's no. still Frankie he's still Chan's Protestant. Like yeah, no, he's still a Protestant, and okay. uh, he's uh, he just went overseas, and he just wanted to do some like really sort of like hardcore um, kind of third world missionary ministry, yeah, you know, kind of kind of stuff, yeah. And it really just pulled him pulled him out of the public eye, ah. which uh, I think is pretty admirable actually for yeah. what he's done, and yeah. 
He's so he's just in a place where nobody nobody knows him as Frankie. He's just a guy Man. over there, like yeah. wanting to minister and just hiding out. That. So I, he he did it. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I, but I mean, Chan, okay. So then you get like Frankie Chan, right? So he's a guy that's up there, and you know, you're, I don't know, and I'm I don't know, and I'm just I'm just you know that whole Frankie Chan thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, but like for him, it was it still felt authentic. Yeah, you know, it's just it's kind of like so you kind of so this is how I judge it, man. So mm-hmm. here's here's how I judge it. So. What I judge is if I, especially if it's people I don't know, I go, okay, if it's more of a celebrity pastor, mm-hmm. if, is this a guy that when I'm hearing an interview with them and they're just having a dialogue with somebody and then I hear them preach a sermon, is there some correlate, like, does it still sound like them? Yeah. And um, I think when you talk about like Frankie Chan or even Maddie Chan, there's just, there's a level of passion there in how, yeah. in, in who they are in life. And it's like, dude, that's cool. It just comes out. Like, How's Maddie Chan do it? I've it's never be, heard him. It's going to be he, amplified. Is Maddie a screamo guy? Yeah, Maddie's pretty, well, he's mellowed out because yeah. he's like 50 now, but like he's a, yeah. uh, yeah, he's, he's mellowed, but he's a, I mean, he's a real in your face kind of screamo mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of he's also a little funny, so he he drops like he drops some humor in there, so it, it kind of it softens it a little a little bit. I think yeah, yeah. I have not I've not heard him in, I've not heard him in years. I, I've last time I heard him was he was quite a bit more mellow yeah. than he was in, in the old days. But um, but there's still that authenticity there. I think what I struggle with are the guys that they get up there, and it's like this is this is I think what drives me up the wall. Yeah. All right, is guys that get up there and. When their language, when they're trying to drop words and lingo and language that that they that that is presenting themselves as more of like somebody who is I don't know highly intellectual or is yeah. on a different plane theologically, that just kind of that kind of that I that I struggle with that. Dude, you don't honest. like the smart guy uh, thing, do you? I, I'm really bothered by it. You know, talk about that, yeah. baby. Like, why why are you yeah. so bothered by it? Because I, I think of. Let me let me lay two smart guy things on you. Like, yeah, yeah. I think of somebody like Katie Y, who I happen to yeah. know is like actually really smart. So when he does the yeah. smart guy thing, it kind of rings true to me. Like that's at least who he is. Like he's a nerd. You know what I mean? Like he's a nerd in the totally. pulpit, out of the pulpit, just in general. So it it kind of tracks there. But then, yeah, to your point, like. You get these guys who kind of do the seminary thing and and learn some big words, and then they 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 really want to be the nerd guy. Um, but baby, that's it right there. That's I think yeah. you just nailed it. So when I hear a Katie, Wa- I'm fine with that because he's yeah. Katie Katie Y. I mean, he's been do, he's been at this for a minute, right? He's yeah. been doing this a while, yeah. And I think I think he I think he's being authentic to the kind of guy he is. Also, Katie Y. Uh, you know, he inserts humor, and so he's not. I mean, he's like, I still feel like he's super relatable, even yeah. in his preaching, you know? And I, I feel mean? like he's, and he's feel being like, who yeah. he is, you know, when he preaches, I, it sounds I agree. like him. Yeah. 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 And when you, when you're hearing like, when you're hearing like a DAC, when you're hearing DA Carson, I mean, these are, these are highly intelligent people that are preaching highly intelligently, if that's even a word, right? See, I don't yeah. mean, I, yeah. I'm not, so I don't even know the right words, but, um, so like, I don't have a problem with that at all. So here's my, so I'm glad you made that distinction because here's where yeah. I'm struck. So. I worked with a uh, I worked with a younger guy a few years ago um, mm-hmm. who was just beginning to preach, and we would you know we would work together on sermons and and I would I would help you know in as much as I have anything to offer, but I would I would try to coach him and help him because I've been doing it a little bit longer. Yeah. And um, one of the things this guy would do is he was a pretty personable guy when yeah. you were just hanging out. He was like you know you just be able to talk with him and joke. Yeah. 
And then he would get he would get behind the pulpit and he would start using all it was almost like, dude, what like what are you quoting Shakespeare the whole time? It was like it was like this thing where it's like everything was just over the top and using all these big words and I and I would I would go every time we would like debrief, I'd be like, Hey, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, like some of the words you're using because they're not relatable, man. And right, like right. it's it's like you're you this isn't even you. You're you just want people to think that you're smart. Like, don't go up there with like the highest goal for a preacher is not that everybody thinks they're smart. It's it's really it's that they're being clear yeah. and they're preaching the word of God with clarity. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you sometimes you got to use some big words, right? Because there's big words in scripture, right? That's fine. Yeah. You explain what those words mean, but you do it in a way that like a, a kindergartner is able to understand. That's that's good preaching. That's relatable preaching. But these guys that are just kind of new and they think it's almost like they're trying to mask their 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 sort of like their lack of experience with 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 verbiage, right? That's yeah. unrelatable. And it's just it I really struggle with that. Not because I struggle with it if they if they're not able to sort of pivot and uh, and realize what they're doing and and at least grow past it. Because when I hear this guy today, if I ever listen to it, he's he's uh he's still doing it. Interesting. You know? and, Interesting. Uh, it's yeah, and it's re- it's really it just it just smacks of of uh, inauthenticity. Again, if that's a word, do you feel like it's sort of like the difference between playing music or, or writing for the critics versus writing for the actual audience? In that, like, that's a great dude. That's a great analogy. That's when, a great analogy. when he's up there yeah. dropping those big words. He's probably got in his head all the seminary profs and all the kind of nerd. Twitter guys that he wants to impress. And yeah, if you're playing to that audience, it's going to come out a certain way versus, you know, just playing, playing to the actual audience, you know, whoever they are. Well, it's funny because yeah, no, that's a great point because I think we're just talking about insecurity and it's okay. Like I'm insecure all the time about a thousand things, right? So we all, we're all playing, we're all running off of our insecurities, but I think it's like to do, especially with public speaking is to go, okay, because of my insecurity, I tend to be a guy that does this, but I want to be aware of that so I that I so that I do it less. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's just distracting and it takes away from the, the 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 message that I'm actually trying to communicate. So, like for me, what my insecurity does is it makes me it it it, it kind of, it can bend me towards like just uh, too much humor and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. And so it's like I I recognize when I do that, and it's like don't do that. Yeah. Like, like, don't, don't do that. Just again, just present everybody with what you have Yeah, and it's what God gave you. And it's not the end of the world. Um, it's only a Sunday morning service and there's next week, just relax yeah. and do your thing. Yeah. And so, but, but it's, but it's like having a growing awareness of those things that I tend to bend towards that just, they, they actually lack authenticity in the sense because they're coming so deeply from my insecurity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a weird balance, isn't know. it, with preaching? In, in that, like, you know, you and I, I think, naturally, if, if left to our own devices, would just be performers. You know what I mean? We would get up there and we would do yeah, bits yeah. and we would, try to, we would try to get the audience eating out of our hands to some degree, which is what you did vocationally for years before you started doing this. And... You know, it's in a weird way what I do vocationally as a professor, um, 100%. but it's different than preaching. And and then yet is, on yeah. the like way on the other side of the spectrum, you have these reform guys who are just like, just present it, just present the text, read and explain. Don't be funny. Don't you know? Don't oh, don't yeah. be whatever. And it's like, 
I don't know, for me, I'm always trying to strike that balance between being authentically who I am and being connectable to an audience, but being clear, presenting to the best of my ability the text and what it what it says and what smart people think it says and you know all all of that stuff so um it can be tricky though because you're tempted to either lean too heavily into your personality or lean too heavily into you know ultra stodgy reform guy just present it and uh in doing that you run the risk of you know losing the audience putting them to sleep whatever um, Dude, 100% no I think that's it yeah, yeah I think for us I think that's a really good distinction I think yeah. for us just given who we are um, if we feel unprepared if we feel insecure personality is where we go to kind of get us through yeah that's right, right. yep and yep. and we can we can pivot in the moment and yeah. we're okay with with coming up with stuff in the moment that's sort that's going to kind of fill those transitions where normally there should be some, maybe some more meaty material. Yeah. And if we don't have that, and sometimes you just don't got it right for yeah. a million different reasons. So what, what we'll do is we'll use personality or humor or those things to fill in those gaps where somebody who doesn't bend that way, they're either going to have silence or they're going to, they're going to, they're going to find things that are equally as unhelpful yeah. and probably a more stoic or stodgy way, you know? Yeah. So like either, either way, what you're doing is you're, you're distracting from, you're distracting from the, the content, which is, you know, which is kind of the, the, the content is, is the, uh, is, should be the star of the show. Oh, absolutely. You know? So whether yeah. it's teaching or preaching, and if you don't feel like your content's there in some weeks, your content just isn't there for whatever reason. Right. Um, I, I've just learned, it's like, just let it be what it is and don't, yeah. don't try to fill in the gaps Yeah. and, um, don't try to compensate or, yeah. or acting like, oh my gosh, one talk, one class, one sermon is like the, the be all end all. It's not, it, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's not, Yeah. you know? And I think, um, inexperienced, younger, inexperienced guys, um, I think it's hard because they, they treat, you know, you, I mean, speak into this as somebody who has been teaching a long time and you see somebody rolling into the classroom and it's, it's really their first jab at, um, at, at teaching. And it's like, they're, they're treating like literally every class, like it's the last class they're ever going to teach, Yeah, you know? And it's like, dude, it doesn't, it doesn't need to, it's not though. It's dude, like, it's that's, okay. That's a tremendous question. We're going to take a break. And then when we get back, I'll address it. All right, we're back. Your question was, as somebody who teaches for a living, sometimes you run across these professor types who try to teach every class like it's their last. So here's the thing. I think where this is where professors go in insecurity. And the interesting thing about it is probably similar to pastors. Professors are like massively insecure people. And it's a function of a couple of things. One being... The nature of our work is that in some form or fashion, it's a popularity contest, right? So it's you against, you know, the other hundred profs at your school or 200 profs at your school. And there's this sense of you always kind of know who the, who the show ponies are, who the popular ones are. So there's that, but there's also like, um, you get evaluated by these children. So like you teach the class and then these kids who have barely been out of their mom and dad's house their entire life get to go on and like um, say a bunch of things about you and like hopefully mm-hmm. they're kind and normally they are but there that that breeds a certain degree of paranoia so I think where professors go in insecurity similar to some of these smart guy pastors is just 
doubling down on rigidity, doubling down mm. on, all right, I'm packing my syllabus with all this law, right? All this policy. Like, if you're late, I'm deducting five points. And I know you're not going to do the reading, mm. so I'm going to give 14 quizzes this week. And that is the antithesis of what I want to do in a classroom. Like, I don't want to do mm. any of that stuff. I want to have an experience, right? Like, I want to provide an experience that's so good that you want to yeah. come to it and you want to be a part of it and you want to be a part of the discussion so that I don't have to dangle this, like, you know, anvil of, you know, a quiz or points off or whatever over your head. Because honestly, totally. the idea of doing that just fills me with existential like malaise, <laughs> you know, like that's the last thing I want to do. So, you know, my, my challenge would be, I want to make that classroom a vibrant place. And part of that is me being entertaining. Part of it is me caring about the material and conveying that to my students. And part of it in the classroom is giving them opportunities to talk and have me listen well and like engage with what they're thinking. And when that whole thing is working, it's pretty magical. Uh, it's pretty yeah, amazing. Sure. And people do want to be in the room. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have to take attendance, you know? Um, exactly. And it's awesome. But like, that's what you want. But I think, I think a lot of professors in insecurity will lean on, all right, policy, 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 law, law, law. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it ends up kind of disillusioning the very people that they want to engage with you know yeah that's um that's really good that's really good i think um you know me and big m were having a convo about this the other day and uh we kind of narrowed it down to like so whether you're a preacher teacher public speaker whatever mm -hmm. it is this is too narrow but this is how we narrowed it down yeah in our estimation um when you're when you're looking at a public speaker you're looking at two different kinds of people um you're looking at somebody who's either wanting to be liked mm -hmm. or wanting to appear smart that's fascinating. And yeah, and it's you know so I am obviously in the former category like you probably are. You oh, 100%. Be 100%. More than you care more than you care about looking smart. So Absolutely. my great my greatest fear the 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 worst thing, the worst outcome for me during a talk or a sermon or whatever it is is to look at somebody kind of dozing off. Yes. Like being disinterested. Yes. Like there is nothing worse to me than that. Like you're boring, Ronnie. Like yes. that is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, I don't care about how smart somebody thinks I am. That's yeah. just not, it doesn't even enter my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then other guys, um, again, some like that one guy I described, that younger guy I described, he, that the thought of being liked never enters his mind. He is just trying to appear smart. That's fascinating. Right? I, I am fascinated by people like that. While at the same time, I, I do not relate to them at all, you know, but yeah. And, and like both, and both sides have their, like both sides are problematic, right? Because yeah. what, what's going to happen on either side is you're going to be, you're going to be missing something in your effort to either be liked or be smart. Right. So you're, you're, so again, you got to locate where you're at in that I think is important and then be able to say, all right, I just got to be careful because if all I'm doing is trying to be like, I'm going to say a bunch of dumb things because to me, yeah. it's going to be more important to get a chuckle than it is to communicate communicate a truth yeah and it's going to come off to be a balance between right it's going to come yeah. off as cloying and, and needy and exactly and saccharine oh, and fake yeah yeah 100 yeah. yeah so i actually think you know and i'm thinking about the the landscape of academia where i teach i actually think you and big m's distinctions are are pretty rock solid 
you know, and as I think about colleagues, yeah, they fall into one of those two camps, like mm. either wanting to be liked or wanting to appear smart. And I would say in the academy, wanting to appear smart is the more dominant group. Like that has the most people in it. Um, Probably with preaching too. Yeah, but imagine. but wanting to be uh, yeah. liked is a real thing too. And I mean, it it's is. interesting though with writing. So I'm I'm teaching something that's like equal parts formula and magic. You know what I mean? Whereas if I was teaching physics, it would be all formula or chemistry mm -hmm. or math or whatever. It's all formula. But like, you know, teaching somebody to be a writer is like teaching somebody to be a musician, right? Like you can learn stuff about it, but like the, the other half is kind of God given. And so the, a writing classroom feels different or should feel different to me than like a chemistry classroom. And yet these For students sure. that we get, especially the kind of students that we recruit, they're such little machines. They're such little like mm. hoop jumpers, you know, like tell, tell me what mechanical hoop I have to jump through to get an A and that's what I'll do. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like we're, tr we're trying to engage with something that is great. So I'm going to show you what the best in a genre looks like. And then we're going to talk about yeah, what yeah. we like about it. And then we're going to try to replicate it, right? Or we're going to try to replicate whatever our version of that thing would look like, which is a totally magical process that's it's way less mechanical than they want it to be. You know, they, they want totally. sometimes just to be told what hoops to jump through. And that's an exercise in school. But an exercise in being a great writer is a fundamentally different thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And dude, yeah. I, I think I think preaching is somewhat similar, right? In the sense that you know, reform guys have always I say always, I've only been around it for twenty five years, so take take this with a grain of salt. But in the in the last twenty five years, <laughs> reform guys have really been about knowledge, right? So at the end of the day, if you had to pick one gun to your head are reform guys about knowledge or are they about having, let's say an experience with the Holy spirit, right? They would, they would uh, err, on, they would err on the side of knowledge. And yet when you're preaching, there is this sense of, I, I want someone to come away convicted. I want them to be challenged, but I, but I also want them to see that they have a redeemer and they have joy and they can have hopefulness and, you know, mm -hmm. repentance and all those things. So it's more than just a lecture. And I think a lot of reform guys have like fallen into the, the lecture ditch pretty hard. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, and it, you know, and again, this is like, it's so tricky, right? Because you're, you're, you're preaching God's word. You're going to be, you're held under, you know, a stricter standard for, you mm -hmm. know, according to scripture, because yeah. you, you know, you're, you're not, you're not here to play fast and loose with those words. Right. But That's when right. it comes to the, the style, the manner, the personality in which you communicate those words, well, God has given us all different ways to do that. So God has given us all different ways to communicate the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I just, it's not a science. Yeah. And I think what you're describing are guys that are, are trying to make a science, out of something that is more of an art is yeah. what I would say. Well, and it yeah. comes from a good place, right? And I'm, I'm thinking back on all the good reform guys that I've known over the years and the, the guys that we have now at my current church, you know, they, they do want us to know more about the Bible 
now than we did five years ago, right? Or they want us to know more in three years about the Bible and about what we believe and why we believe it. And they're passionate about those things. But I think they also understand that like engaging with a text, any text isn't by nature a vibrant experience. You know what I mean? Like you have to imbue it with a sense of vibrancy and a sense of how does this relate to your life? And, yeah. you know, reform guys get a little squeamish about that. Like, like, Oh, are you going to go topical yeah, here? You know, are you, are you whatever? But, um, yeah. Are you like, are you actually using this thing called emotions that we struggle with? Yeah. yeah right. But I think the good ones acknowledge emotion. They do attempt to connect it. hundred percent. And the Bible is shot through with emotion, right? Like emotion is, everywhere in it and to to deny that would be to deny something fundamental about the text right um 100 yeah yeah so you know it's 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 a real it's an exercise in both and you know and i think the best preachers can do both well they can sound like themselves like i know timmy k has gotten a little controversial or whatever in some circles but when i listen to that guy like he sounds like himself you know what I mean? I was going to bring him up as an example. Yeah, he is. Um, and, and again, we're talking about personality stuff. So yeah. he's a guy that he just has a way of talking. He has a way of pronouncing words and all of those things where when you hear him in an interview and then you hear him preach a sermon, there's literally no difference. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he just he's he's completely authentically who he is. In any context, and I've only seen him in a couple contexts, right? Yeah, I never yeah. sat in his living room and and hung out and drank tea with him or anything. But yeah. I have a feeling it would be no different. I could yeah. be wrong, but it seems like what every every like the two or three sort of like different contexts I've seen him communicate in, they've been like identical. Yeah, and you go, okay, that's who he is. That's dude, who that's solid. Is. I I enjoy that and I I respect it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. easy to respect somebody like that who sounds like themselves in all those different contexts. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, pretty cool. Baby, here's the deal. We've been at this 33 minutes. Um, It's been a long time. Yeah, you and I, like we we were off the air, we were kind of talking with our union rep. And yeah, he was like, you, you guys have that guy, man, that guy's been rough lately, huh? Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, the, the UAW or the United UAP United association of podcasters, you know, yeah, he's, dude. he's been, you know, indicating yeah. that we haven't been paid in a while and we shouldn't go a minute over 30 minutes. And, uh, yeah, gosh, the UAP. I mean, for those that don't know, <laughs> we're talking about it. It's a, we're talking about Frank Connor, uh, president of <laughs> Frankie, the UAP. Yeah. Frankie and, C uh, we call been, him. Yeah. Yeah, and Frankie C has been uh, so that was a it was a hard thing to hear today, wasn't it? Baby? It was hard. It was, it was challenging when your union rep like kind of steps to you like that and goes, "You know what? You boys yeah. have been going above and beyond, and it's making the rest of us look bad." You know? Yeah. So here's the deal: you're going to cut it at thirty, yeah. all right, or else we're going to have a and I and I, we love Frank. I just do we? Uh, we love Frank. Frank. Frank's been doing Frank, this for so long. Yeah. He's a grizzled old podcaster. He's you a know, great guy. Kind of a little rough around the He's, edges. Um, yeah. you don't always know where those union dues are going, if you know what I mean. Oh, dude. Um, so that's a bit of a deal, but, um, Frank's always been good to us though. I mean, oh I don't want to take yeah. away from the work he's done. I mean, he's, he has made this podcast what it is. There's no doubt about it. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he would give you that drab olive colored shirt off his back if he could, you know, Oh man, if you needed yeah. it. And he essentially, he essentially has many times. <laughs> yeah. For us, taste. you know? Yeah. Yeah. In those times where we've been tempted to think, you know what? We're working too much. 
Um, it's like a sweatshop, you know, it's like a, a radio yeah. sweatshop in here. It is. Um, it is. So, so out of respect yeah. for Frank, I think we should cut it. I think we should be done. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I agree. you know, we're going to let him fight those battles with the industry. And, well, that's, um, that's why he, that's why he gets that. That's why he has that, that position makes that money. That's why we yeah. give him those dues every month, you know, uh, I'm, or theoretically we would, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like I'd like to give him the dues if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, we've, uh, we've done what we always do on this program. In that we've talked about communicating, which is a thing that I think you and I enjoy talking about and thinking about. Um, and we've done that again. And I, I forgot what I signed this podcast off with. Until next time I don't is know. the thing, I right? I don't even know if it matters. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it matters anymore. And it, it doesn't, nothing matters anymore. No, nothing matters anymore. I mean, you know, we got Frank fighting our battles. We're good. We got Frank Connor. Frank Connor. <laughs> the, the, the grizzled. Maybe we can get Megan Barada to draw Frank Connor. Leading like a podcasters' be, union meeting, you know. The, yeah, the, those the meetings USA, go forever because yeah, everybody wants to hear the sound of their own voice. You know, <laughs> a bunch of bloviating idiots <laughs> like us. Correct. Maybe we've done what we always do on the show, <laughs> and until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.